the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. How low can it go? Maybe you've noticed that Disney's stock price has been falling, and maybe you've noticed that you have less and less interest in having your kids or grandkids that watch anything that Disney produces. Here's a little excerpt from an animated show called Slaves Built This Country. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four, Four million, million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations every moment we spend submerged in the system. Systemic prejudice, racism, and white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians, inventors built cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead, Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We We made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs to the northern bankers to the New England ship owners, the founding fathers, former presidents, current the Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. That. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom. <laughs> Not exactly Mickey Mouse. Disney producers have the right to produce whatever they want, but if you're a stockholder and you see this or hear it, would you think it's time to buy or sell right now? In our second half hour, we're going to talk to Horace Cooper of the Black Leadership Network about the message being sent by Disney there and who it might be helping. And when we come back, the media are finally coming around to treating the disaster in East Palestine as a really serious story. How about that? What took so long? We'll talk to DePaul University communications professor Jeffrey McCall about that and other stuff in the media. Stick around. My son, Finn, was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it. Dogs are part of our family. We love Otto and Snoopy so much, there's nothing quite like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with rough greens. In fact, I just talked to my wife about it because we want them to be healthy and we want them to be with us as long as possible. That's true. I know Sebastian Gorka feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. Our pups, Killian and Leia, rely on us to provide what's best for them. A naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed rough greens full of vitamins 
vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, omega oils, and more that supplement their food in a way that has shown us great results. Trying out Rough Greens is an easy yes, recommended by me, Dr. G. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here, and I'm so proud that the Pragers and Sebastian Gorka have entrusted their dog's health to Rough Greens. I'm so confident that Rough Greens can help your dog. I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, your dog's food is dead food, but you can bring it back to life with Rough Greens. Go to RUFFgreens.com. Are you tired of long hold times when you need tech support? Look no further than Vision Computers. With us, the average hold time is just 15 seconds. That means you won't be stuck on hold for hours on end, waiting for assistance. But that's not all. Our custom-built PCs also come with three years of parts and labor included, plus one year of managed service. That means you can have peace of mind knowing that your computer is covered for any potential issues. And when you purchase a new PC from us, you'll get printer, email, and general software setup assistance at no charge. That's right. We'll help you get your new computer set up and running smoothly at no extra cost. We know how important it is to have a reliable computer, and that's why we go above and beyond to provide top-notch tech support and service. Visit us at www.visioncomputers.com or call us at 404-COMPUTE to speak with a live person today. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, all of a sudden, the 24-7 news networks are giving the chemical spill in East Palestine, Ohio, 24-7 coverage. And the big three networks have also been making it their lead story all of a sudden. What took them so long? Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for The Hill and also our number one guy on ethics in the media. He joins us now. Jeff, good to have you as usual. Thanks. Thank you, John. So the disaster happened 12 days ago. Do you have any theories about why it took so long for the media to acknowledge the importance and the seriousness of this thing? Boy, it really is puzzling, isn't it? When you think about this, you know, you've got a trail derailment with all kinds of chemicals. You've got fire and clouds and everything. You would think that would be an ideal story for the national media to descend upon and to go beyond just the day-to-day stuff of, like, how many people have been displaced, but to try to do some serious investigative reporting as to, like, why the response has been so slow, what is the problem, what are the after-effects, and, you know, and what is the administration doing uh, to try to address this issue. And, of course, one of the things, of course, that troubles me about the media in many regards is that so many of the reporters these days are stenographers, that they only kind of report what the official people will say. And since Biden has been quiet about this for so long, and Pete Buttigieg is worrying about, you know, the racial identities of people who work in construction, that they haven't addressed it is one of the reasons it's been left on off the agenda, in my opinion. But uh, having said all that, uh, finally, they're providing some attention to it, but it should have happened sooner because this is not just a random, you know, accident that has affected a few people in a corner of, of you know, rural America. It is a much broader story with broader implications for really kind of the whole Ohio, Ohio River Valley uh, area going down with water supplies into Kentucky and that sort of thing. So it, it, it again demonstrates the kind of negligence that we've talked about, you know, in various weeks, the, ver- the negligence of the mainstream media, or like we call them the establishment media sometimes, that they don't use good judgment, they don't use good sense, and that they're always looking for angles on stories rather than just to make judgments about what is news. 
I mean, there should be some professional standards for what is news. And sometimes I get the feeling that they're making their decisions based on agendas they're pushing or ideologies they have in mind. But a, a train derailment with the kind of implications that this has should be news by any definition. But you all, you know, not to go, you know, tin foil hat kind of stuff here. But given that this is a transportation thing, and the transportation ser- secretary is Pete Buttigieg, you know, there's a thought that crosses my mind that they don't really want to start digging into this and hold him accountable or find out what he's going to do about it. Because when you watch mainstream media like CNN and the New York Times and the Washington Post, Buttigieg is always paraded around as, oh, he'd be a great presidential candidate if Biden doesn't run. So it's kind of like, are we more worried about that or are we worried about whether the transportation department's making sure that rail traffic is safe? Well, and the fact that Pete Buttigieg didn't show up there within five minutes of that happening says something, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because he doesn't want to put it on the news agenda, right. which gets back to the point of stenography. It's kind of like, oh, if Buttigieg says it's not news, it's not news. It's kind of like, no, it's news whether he thinks so or not. And part of the news is that he's not there. Yeah, well, and we've talked about this, too. Again, it, it, it always keeps popping up no matter what the subject is. It, se- it seems to come back to this in some form, uh, and that is that this is a story that, and I go back a long time, and, and I've, I've covered sports mostly, but I was around newsrooms. This is the kind of story that good reporters would be, they couldn't wait to get in the news car and had to go cover it. And um, there just doesn't seem to be that much interest in it from the uh, from the from the uh, from the grunts, you know, the 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 the, uh, the, the I don't know the the guys in 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 the trenches, you know. This is the kind of thing that you would want to be get get involved in from the beginning. Yeah, and even if the grunts were interested, the people in the trenches, if their executive producers or editors saying, oh, "We're not going to bother with that." You know, that would chill them from wanting to go. But I must say this, too. We, we, we are in a time, I think, sadly, where so much of our news judgment in the, in the you know, traditional news outlets, the establishment media outlets, all of the news judgments are run through prisms uh, that, you know, deal with predispositions or ideological points of view and that sort of thing. Uh, and that, that, that kind of leads me... Uh, to bring up a study that was just released uh, this week from the Knight Foundation, and maybe you or your listeners saw this already, but the Knight Foundation is a think tank that studies journalism and First Amendment issues, and, and by, it's by no no means a right-wing kind of think tank. It's no, anything, no. It, it, it leans left. Right. But a study that the Knight Foundation commissioned through Gallup, which is, again, a, a legitimate news polling organization, found out that 50% Think about this. 50% of Americans now believe that news organizations intend to mislead or misinform. Wow. I mean, you, you talk about a breakdown in trust. If half of the news consumers in the country think that news organizations are misleading or misinforming intentionally, that, well, then you've got a news industry that's really got some problems. And we've ended up in kind of a, a post-reality world where real things are reported as fake and fake things are reported as real and it's no wonder that the, the nation's population doesn't know what to believe and what not to believe uh, and, and I think all that fits into the kind of the crisis that we've talked about in journalism before where we're not making decisions based on news and we're not making decisions based on what the audience needs but you've got editors and executive producers making decisions based on who they hang around with on the weekend or what folk music concert they went to. <laughs> yeah. And I just think that that's a problem for us. And, and the industry can't move forward until they are willing to recognize and acknowledge that the way they make news decisions is part of their problem. And they can't propose solutions until they know what their problems are. And that's, that's a serious concern. Well, and I saw this today. I was going to get to this later, but since you brought it up, uh, a different poll, uh, the U.S. media has the lowest credibility, 26% among 46 nations. That's lowest credibility. That's their, how, where that, what that 26% means. I guess 26% trust them. But that's among 46 stations. The U.S. media, with free speech and everything that goes with it, is last. There's 26 among 46 nations. 
Um, and according to a 2022 study by the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, that's what they're saying. So they have the lowest credibility among 46 countries. And how can that ever be turned around? Well, that it can only be turned around by the professionalism of the people in the industry because we don't want the government forcing responsibility in what's supposed to be a free press environment. But when you think about that, and I can only guess as to what the 46 or 7 nations would be, but when you think about it, of all of those nations, I can assure you that the United States constitutionally has the most protection and the most freedoms and the most liberties for free speech, free press, free expression compared to any of those countries. Because the U.S. is the envy of the world when it comes to free expression and free press. But it also means, though, that the people who circulate in those waters have to act responsibly. And that's one thing we know uh, from the constitutional framers is that they were putting a lot of faith in the people who would exercise their First Amendment rights to do it with some degree of responsibility and trust in the people that they're trying to serve. And that's where we've had the breakdown. And, and turning that around is not going to be done very quickly. Uh, but that also explains, you know, why you've got CNN laying off reporters and, you know, major, major dailies around the country, USA Today, are laying off reporters because their business model has fallen apart and they, they can't balance the books, uh, which yeah. then means you've got a self-defeating kind of uh, vicious circle starting to happen here where we don't have enough decent reporters, so we can't do good journalism. And because we can't do good journalism, we're going to have fewer people wanting to read news or follow news. And then the, the business model even falls further apart. Yeah, and uh, here's some more from that same survey. Um, in 2021, 83% of Americans saw fake news as a problem. And this, in this story that I saw, they pointed out that fake news was not even an expression that was used until Donald Trump came along, and he was not the first person to use it. I don't know who the first person was that came out with that, but uh, he kind of picked up on it. But anyway, it says here 83% of Americans saw fake news as a problem, and 56%, most of Republicans and independents, agreed that the media were, quote, truly the enemy of the American people. And I mean, it's one thing, uh, Jeff, to be a little annoyed, but to be considered the enemy? Yeah. Well, and think about this, though. Uh, I, I think a lot of times people assume that declining trust in media happened when Trump showed up and started berating the media and calling them out. But this decline in media trust began well before Trump ever came down that escalator and tried to run for president. The, the decline in media trust began 20, 25 years ago, uh, and is, now it, is, it, it has uh, consistently declined and maybe stepped up once Trump started to call all that attention to the, to the negativity of the press and the fake news they were promoting. But trust in media has been in decline for a long time. And in, in one regard, I think Trump did us a service by calling it out to their faces and kind of exposing to, to the, the, the news consumer base out there to kind of like, hey, you need to pay more attention to that you cannot buy at face value everything the media is sending to you. And, and getting back to fake news real quick, you might find this interesting in your listeners just as kind of a fun fact. Thomas Jefferson, who, of course, is one of our nation's founders and a staunch defender of the free press, used part of his second inaugural address in 1804 to beat up the media and call them out for making up news stories and calling them fake news. I mean, he didn't call them fake news yeah. as such, but he, he called them out yep. for making stuff up. So fake news has been around since the early days of our nation, uh, but I think certainly there was a time over the years. And by the way, in the Thomas Jefferson era, you had rags in newspapers, okay, mm -hmm. and they were clearly partisan. But in the 20th century, we developed a profession, a culture in the media industry, where there was at least some idea that you tried to pre present facts, that there was a notion of fairness, that commentary and analysis would be, analysis would be labeled and put in separate sections from the real quote-unquote news. But that has all broken away, and that's why we've gone down this negative path. And I think John Adams actually tried, tried to go after some people in the media uh, and, and get them on sedition charges, because they, they were a little bit too mean to him. So it's, oh, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Adams uh, was president when Congress actually passed these sedition acts, but Adams signed the bill into law 
And uh, most people think that probably cost him re-election in 1800. And then Jefferson became president, and then the press went after him, and then he turned on them as well. <laughs> so, hey, Jeff, we're talking to, uh, to Jeff McCall. He's a professor of communications at DePaul University, also writes for The Hill, does uh, media criticism. Uh, Jeff, I, I want to ask you this. Uh, uh, I, how long have you been teaching at DePaul? Well, I've been here since 1985 teaching at DePaul. Okay. And and what kind of courses are you teaching right now? I teach courses uh, in electronic journalism. I teach courses in media criticism and uh, media law. Those are kind of the main areas I teach. Uh, okay. So then here's what I wanted to ask you, because I, I, I also teach um, uh, a, a, a class, and I'm, I'm more of a coach. I, I teach kids how to read on television off a teleprompter and wh- how they should how they should write for TV and write for radio when they're doing sportscasts, newscasts. And what I wanted to ask you was uh, something that that's crept into my head as I've been doing this. Um, what are you preparing? What are you? Do you think you're preparing your students for now, as opposed to what you were preparing them for ten, fifteen years ago? I don't mean what to expect in the media. I mean, what kind of jobs? Who are they going to be working for? Because I. I knew when I was in college I was going to either be a play-by-play guy or I was going to be a sportscaster on a local TV station and hope maybe someday to make it to the network. What are, what are 20-year-old students now, what, what, what are they, what's in store for them? What are they going to do when they get out of well, school? Uh, um, most students in this day and age are not going to go into mainstream or traditional media, and part of that is because I think those financial models are collapsing like we've talked about but partly, I think, because people of that age group just don't pay that much attention to the news, and they're not news hounds like might have been the case even 15 years ago. Uh, so, But I, I must say, though, that I think when you study the media and you write for the media, you can still develop a lot of critical thinking skills and expression skills and learn how to make a point clearly and accurately. And that's kind of what I still try to preach them is to say, all right, you may not be going to work in the radio news or you might not become a television correspondent or work for a newspaper, but at some point on a, on a macro scale, you are going to almost all being, be in an information industry of some sort where you are gathering, processing, and disseminating information. And so gathering, processing, disseminating becomes very important, and that could be in public affairs, it could be in a research institute, it could be in the legal profession, uh, you know, it could even be for a corporation or a not-for-profit entity of some sort. So uh, part of the thing is the jobs in the traditional media, I think, are declining and will continue to go away. So we need to kind of have people cross-trained, so to speak, as professional communicators who can do you know any number of professional community or professional communication activities uh, regardless of what the job title is. Yeah, and I I have a couple minutes left here. What I have said to them is that it doesn't matter whether you end up working at uh, uh, one of the local TV stations doing news, uh, you know, as a reporter anchor. Whatever the medium is, you have to get you have to become good at standing in front of a camera or sitting in front of a microphone and communicating. So I, I guess what I'm asking you is, what? Where, uh, let's just say they do work in the media, uh, and there, there are aspiring columnists that you're teaching. Where are they going to be writing their columns? Where are they going to be appearing on camera when they're working? Well, probably on digital native kinds of websites online uh, or on YouTube or those kinds of places. It's, it. I mean, I think there will always still be some use for, like, traditional television people and traditional radio, because my own theory is that, you know, old media don't fade away, they just adapt. And, you know, radio listenership is still solid out there across the United States. Uh, and uh, people still rely on local television for news in a lot of ways, okay? Not so much young people. Young people will grow up at some point, and they might find that watching local television news is important to them when they've got kids who are going to go to the local school or they want to buy real estate in a community or something like that. So I guess my sense is there's always a need for people, as, and, and you're exactly right, people who are articulate and have poise and can express information and get facts right and disseminate that. And the one thing I always tell students when I'm teaching them like about reporting and processing information is nobody cares how you feel. <laughs> you, need to be, you need to be able to gather information uh, in an unbiased fashion, establish what's accurate and what's not, and then present it in a way that is understandable, not just to like a blue-collar 
construction worker. My dad was a bricklayer, for crying out loud, uh, but also would be understandable to somebody who's more highly educated, and we all can benefit from that kind of information. Just the facts, ma'am, I think is what they used to say. You betcha. <laughs> hey, Jeff, always good to have you on. We'll talk again soon. Thanks. Uh, I look forward to it. Thank you. All right, that's Jeff McCall, DePaul University. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Republican Nikki Haley has made it official, kicking off her 2024 presidential campaign. She spoke during an appearance in Charleston, South Carolina earlier. She's a former U.N. ambassador. Correspondent Jennifer King reports respondents to the AP's poll citing inflation, homelessness, the border, and the opioid crisis as higher priorities than providing support to Ukraine. Janice Fortado, a Democrat from Massachusetts, says she wishes we had offered more to Ukraine sooner, describing the Allies' response to Ukraine's requests as a drip, drip, drip. Shandy Carter of Big Spring, Texas, who tends to vote Republican, says she's become frustrated with the global ramifications the war has had on consumers, including gas prices and food costs. But she doesn't think Donald Trump would have handled it any better than Joe Biden, saying Putin was going to do what he wanted to do. This is SRN News. We're entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith. A time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you. For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way. To protect your retirement, I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. Okay, we admit it. Pittsburgh is famous for steel. But what about all the other things we're famous for? Take 1980, when we invented the emoticon. How's that for a smiley face? And the terrible towel. Come on, who else can turn a common household item into a sports icon? The Big Mac? Yeah. That was us in 1967. So we figured if we like it, so will America. And boy, were we right. You get it. We get it. And this station gets you. AM 1250. The answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Service Master. I didn't think it was possible to meet someone like Susan. We just clicked after realizing we each have a strong sense of self and share the same core values in life. After taking our advanced personality test, Daniel and Susan matched on Silver Singles, the secure dating site for 50-plus singles who know what they want. Sign up today at silversingles.com slash meet. That's silversingles.com slash meet. Eight actors representing true customer testimonials. Names have been changed. Do you have a loved one entering a nursing home? There's a lot at stake. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Depending on your family's long-term care goals, there are important decisions that should be made before a facility is needed. Talk to a qualified legal professional today. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we can help your family navigate the complicated Medicaid rules so that you can properly save some or all of your life savings from a long-term care crisis. Before you apply, contact Abernathy and Hagerman at a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. A partly cloudy, continued mild night tonight with a low 47. Periods of rain and a thunderstorm tomorrow will be windy and cooler, but temperatures still way above where they should be this time of the year. Tomorrow's high in the upper 50s. A shower to start in places on Friday morning. Otherwise, low clouds, breezy, cooler. 
Friday's high 41. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Rose Tamburino. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you're interested in, or I should say invested in the um, in the Disney Corporation, you're probably down a few bucks. Their stock's been going south for a while now. Disney's kind of the poster child for go woke and go broke. Somebody there thought it would be a good idea to do an animated feature that features black people yelling at white people and demanding reparations. I played a clip from it in the opening of the show. That doesn't seem like a good marketing strategy. Horace Cooper is with the Black Leadership Network. He's chairman of the Project 21 National Advisory Board, and he joins us now. Good to have you on again, Horace. Thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So this doesn't seem like something that is helpful to black people, or anybody for that matter. This kind of racial division uh, activating or animus creating isn't good for America, and it's particularly not good for people who are trying, if they are lower income, often disproportionately uh, minority, wanting to enter into the opportunities that America has to offer. Everyone knows that you don't go into a job interview with a chip on your shoulder. You don't go to the bank with a chip on your shoulder. Why would it be a good idea to say to people, if you're having income difficulties, and a lot of Americans had those during the Great Depression, and I fear that we're going to see this around two under the Biden administration. What we really need is all of our energies, all of our efforts being put into getting the skills necessary to compete. This is the exact opposite of that. Uh, so is, is it actually focusing on reparations counterproductive? Well, yes, that's my point. Yeah. One, uh, uh, reparations is a part of the racism grift. There is a move afoot by some progressives, many of them, quote, people of color, who have no actual productive skills, they have no talents, they have no capabilities. Think of the 1619 Project. Um, the 1619 Project is riddled with historical inaccuracies and falsehoods. Initially, a basic and average historians or history professors, not from the top-tier universities, started pointing out that there were these errors. Then the top-tier professors and historians started pointing this out. It's not just that they're falsehood. It's that if there was no talent involved. There was no skill set involved. And it's the same with the DEI movement. These people are paid handsomely to make up tales of uh, mistreatment and abuse and to create animus. We are seeing a huge push where the market is crushing big tech. And how are they responding? According to the Wall Street Journal, they're laying off left and right all of these diversity people. Next, we're going to start seeing, because Florida is already leading the way, uh, the Virginia governor has announced that he's interested in looking at it too. Let's eliminate funding of that in these places. If your skill set is such that the only way you can buy your Lexus and go to Aspen for your ski trip is to make up narratives that divide Americans, you're going to find you have very little value. That was a long wind-up to say. And then the people who heard you and were left with the impression that you might be serious, they're not going to focus on equipping themselves and getting themselves prepared. And when the time for competition comes, they're going to be like those two guys running from the bear. I don't have to outrun the bear. The guy will turn to the other. I just have to outrun you. That's right. And, and uh, those, those jobs that you described, that those people that are getting laid off, I don't have the stuff, in, you know, the numbers in front of me here, but I've seen story after story about how so much money has been invested in diversity people and uh, diversity positions, not only at uh, at the college level, but at high school level. 
that they, they almost spend more money on that than they do on academics and, and, and people who actually teach subjects. Science, technology, engineering, and mathematics needs to be the focus. If you are, I'm going to pick a name because I watched the Super Bowl, Rihanna's newborn child, maybe you don't need science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. But if you're not, and you want to succeed in life, and you want to be able to be independent, provide for your family, live decently well, these are the areas, and yet our schools are wasting scarce resources on 1619 and diversity lies rather than focusing like a laser. And this is on top of all of the young Americans numbering now in the millions who lost ground during the shutdown. Every single day the school is open, they need to make sure that the children on the margin get science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. They are not. And um, I, I'm just the 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 uh, victimhood philosophy that is out there, and the and the the focus on reparations. How much of that? How much is the 1619 project, which is being spread around quite a bit? How much is that responsible for this sudden um, increase in demands for reparation uh, and those kinds of things? Because now the the black students are being told that they that they're they've they're victims and that they they need to be paid back. Okay, so I will repeat uh, the reparations effort. The racism claims are all part of an elaborate grift. Black America is not focused on reparations, and if you look carefully, what you are going to see is the reparations number has to steadily go up. Those pushing for reparations, those who are saying they represent black Americans, understand the same way they understand when it came to welfare, when it came to, quote, quote, criminal justice reform. If society responds in any kind of a positive way to what they're claiming, they go out of business. So the reparation grifters have steadily increased. We were in hundreds of billions of dollars 20 years ago. We were at half a trillion 10 years ago. We're at a level where uh, uh, Jesse Jackson-type people are asking for more than the gross domestic product of the United States. Not because it's, quote, justified, but because it could never be granted. And you get to continue going forward. Here's a data point that is much more instructive. Since 2008, when black Americans voted for one candidate for president, one political party, at the highest percentage in American history, since elections were being uh, monitored, those numbers have dropped every two years. That's 10, that's 12, that's 16, that's 18, even in 22. Black America is already telling us what they think about uh, the progressive and the reparations and racism grift. And on another subject, I guess it's kind of the same subject, uh, there was a story on Fox News a couple of nights ago, lots of upset parents, uh, women crying with tears streaming down their face, mostly black, if not all black, I can't remember. But in Baltimore, there's, and it was, what they were upset about is that in Baltimore, there's not one student in 23 high schools who is proficient in math in the city, Baltimore City Schools. Shouldn't that be the number one focus for black voters? Well, absolutely, and that is why school choice is so overwhelmingly popular. It is why the uh, uh, idea for black Americans has always been, and as I explain in my new uh, book that's about to come out, Put Y'all Back in Chains, How Biden's Policies Harm Black Americans, the priorities for black Americans are create an environment where entrepreneurs can get the kind of creative opportunities to offer their services. 
black Americans have, in the past, been a higher percentage of people who don't work in corporate America. That phenomenon continues, but it's the progressive movement that wants to make you not your own boss, but to make you an employee, someone eligible for union membership. Black Americans are more churched than the population at large, and black Americans say that faith and values should be more prominent in the public square, and if you ask progressives, they say that's the least likely priority. When you compare where black Americans are on the death penalty and progressives, it's night and day. Again, black Americans had, since all of the rioting over uh, police abuse, black Americans consistently said in numbers higher than any other racial group, we want more police, not less. The, the problem here isn't that these grifters are succeeding. The problem here is that they create the animus, and it can cause some people to stop focusing on what they can do under their own power to achieve their own independence. That's the crime here, and big tech and those in the White House are enabling those grifters. Most of those, um, what, have you, what you just said there uh, is all true, but uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure you know more about it than I do because this is what you do for a living, but um, about the numbers and, and, and black voters starting to lean the other way, but still, I, I watch the, when I watch the story that I saw on Fox, my reaction is, boy, they're upset, but I have a feeling they all voted for Joe Biden, or they all voted for whoever the Democrat is who's in power, who, and the Democrats who have been in power in cities like Baltimore for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Well, you can't take inner-city Baltimore and then make that the model for all of black America. My point, however, is the trend line is not a good trend line. Um, black, uh, the uh, progressive movement needs 80 percent of the black vote in order to keep and hold power in places like New Jersey, in places like Minnesota, in places like Michigan, in places like Pennsylvania. That number, which was at 90, is teetering between 82 and 78 percent, depending on the circumstances. Take the state of Wisconsin. In 2022, the black vote for progressives was only 73%. If we had had a conservative running statewide in Wisconsin, that conservative would have won, and the black vote would have been responsible. Well, they're getting close then, uh, Horace. I mean, if it, we say they, they have to get 80, and... And, a, and what's been a pretty liberal state like Wisconsin, they're showing around 78 to 82. Um, that's, how, how can the Republicans flip them? How can they make that number get down to below 80? Well, the, the trend line is that that's where we're headed. This is my point. Yeah. And that I explain also in my book where the progressive agenda pursues. It is not where black America is. Black America picked Joe Biden, and they are realizing he is just the same as the progressives that they rejected uh, uh, in the uh, Democrat primary. This upcoming election will be a huge test for whether or not that number dips to 76, 74, and if it does, it will have devastating effects on, on progressives. And here's what I will say to you. I don't know what the ultimate number is going to be for black America with regard to the Republican Party or the Democrats. What I can tell you is this. Once the, uh, a significant enough number say that what progressives are offering doesn't work, both political parties will be engaging in a way to achieve support from the party instead of demagoguery, instead of division, which is what the left has been doing for the last 40 years. And um, where, where do you think that, that those numbers that are drifting in the direction of the Republicans, is that coming from young voters or is it older voters who are fed up or both? 
It's a little of both, but it's disproportionately younger. And something that a lot of analysts haven't paid attention to is the staggering now, what was a growing, staggering gender gap. Uh, there used to be one or two points max separating how black men and black women voted. In the last three elections, that number is more than seven, and in 2022, it was more than ten. Uh, blacks favoring Republicans by ten points over, I'm talking about the, men. The men gap over. of black men, ten percent fewer voting for progressive candidates than black women. And why do you suppose that is? Well, black American men, just like white American men, are are recognizing that the effort, the energy, and the activity that they put into their own lives are the best way to measure whether or not they are succeeding. Women, both black and white, still tend to be more likely to think they need a helper. They need a a person as a part-time dad step in to assist them. In the case of white America, the gender gap is ameliorated somewhat by the high marriage rates. And so married women tend to vote more like their husbands than women in general. Blacks have a lower marriage rate than whites do, and as a result, men are increasingly starting to show their vote, and we may see that number drop to 60% of, only 60% of black men voting for progressive candidates very soon, but to make a difference, you still need a sizable number of black women to agree. You don't need 40% of black women, but you still would need at least 23 or 24%. I have uh, less than a minute left with um, with Horace Cooper. He's author of Put You All Back in Chains, How Joe Biden's Policies Hurt Black Americans. He's with Project 21. Uh, i got to ask you, and I only have about 30 or 40 seconds here. Um, what uh, Was Barack Obama being elected president in 2008 good or bad for black people in general? Uh, I explain in my book that every measure... Uh, housing, car ownership, job, savings, every measure for black Americans was uh, uh, rapidly destroyed under the eight years of the Obama administration, which is part of the reason why you see the fewer and fewer and fewer number of blacks supporting progressive candidates. Horace, uh, good luck with the book. We'll uh, put you all back in chains, and I hope to have you on again. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's Horace Cooper. We'll be right back. Paid for by OpenShark Concepts. Attention firefighters, members of the military, and airport workers. For decades, first responders and firefighters at military bases and airports used a chemical-based foam to fight fires. Studies have shown that chemicals used to make aqueous film-forming foam, or AFFF, are highly toxic to humans and have been associated with several types of cancer. If you or someone you know was exposed to AFFF and were diagnosed with any of these cancers, including kidney, bladder, prostate, pancreatic, lymphoma, leukemia, testicular, and neuroendocrine, then you should call Call us immediately because you may be entitled to significant cash compensation. Call us at 800-515-8809. Our experienced attorneys will fight to get you the compensation you deserve, and you pay nothing unless we get a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call us now, 800-515-8809. Operators are standing by 24-7, so don't wait. 800-515-8809. That's 800-515-8809. Again, 800-515-8809. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're paying too much for your wireless service. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same 5G coverage as one of those big carriers on the exact same network, but saves the average family over $800 a year. And Pure Talk doesn't lock you into an overpriced, unlimited data contract. Why pay for data you don't need? Instead, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone and keep your number. Or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. So what are you waiting for? Start saving today. 
Go to puretalk.com, type in your address to find the coverage at your home, then enter promo code HALFOFF, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code HALFOFF. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Did you know that the average price of a used car is up over 40% from just a year ago? The cost of living has gone up and the cost for auto repairs is rising as well. The car you have needs to last you longer than ever. So if your vehicle has less than 150,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all, you need to call CarShield at 800-523-8667. We've just announced a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle service plan to help save thousands of dollars on out-of-pocket expenses for future auto repairs. While the cost for new and used cars continue to go up, CarShield offers protection plans at an all-time low. Drivers who activate their plan today will also receive 24-7 coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing and emergency tire, battery, and key lockout service. Call 800-523-8667 today to save 20% on your plan. That's 800-523-8667. Keep your car protected. Call 800-523-8667. Again, 800-523-8667. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I'm sure you've heard about the gun, uh, the, uh, the man who killed uh, a bunch of, well, shot a bunch of people up at Michigan State. Uh, on Monday night, and uh, he killed three people, and, and five others are injured. Um, and uh, according to Newsbusters here, all three networks use completely dishonest and inflated statistics that there have been 67 mass shootings in the, in the United States in 2023. Of course, they were all, they were all over the place screaming about gun control and that guns are the problem, but they didn't mention. That uh, a- that ABC World News Tonight, CBS Evening News, and NBC Nightly News had no interest in reporting that the gunman had his prior gun charge dismissed by a George Soros-backed prosecutor in the name of race equity. So the guy should not have been able to buy a gun because he should have been a felon, but they reduced it to a misdemeanor. And uh, the only mention of the gunman even having a criminal history that banned him from owning a weapon came from NBC Nightly News. And so the rest of the networks ignored it and went around screaming and yelling about how guns are the problem and they need more laws. If they would have enforced the laws that had already existed, the guy would not have had a gun. I'll talk to you tomorrow. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.